Okay, Be'ezus Hashem, I want to continue on our quest of our crush course of Hilchus Pesach. I do want to thank all those people that sent me messages and emails thanking me for the Shur. Many people saying that Baruch Hashem, they're making Pesach for the first time and they're hearing the Shur and it's very practical and they're enjoying them and I really thank you all for your uh, feedback. Anybody that does want to send me feedback, please send me an email, aw at etrog, E-T-R-O-G, dot net, N-E-T, dot I-L. Please feel free to send me any emails, any horrors, any requests. So last time we discussed about much about the house. We might repeat a couple of things here and there, because they're intertwined. But I want to go through now the kitchen. I want to discuss the kitchen and some of the utensils in regards to kashering. Obviously, to discuss kashering, we're going to require hours and hours of going through all the halachas and all the details. But I want to give a very kitzer version. Again, any questions that someone may have, feel free to email me, aw at etrog.net.il. Okay. So we'll start with uh, some of the inyanim um, like this. When it comes to kashering, so um, you have to know what, what you do and do not need when it comes to kashering. So for the first halacha you have to know is is that, you know, when you go to some places, I don't know this year what's going to happen with the situation, but Ezra Hashem by then Mashiach will be here, so everything will be different. But just in case things continue as normal, if such a thing was possible. So they have on many street corners and many shawls, they have like cashering centers. So you have to be very, very careful because people sometimes are not bucking halachas. And Morgan Avon already brings down Sefer Hasidim. That person has to be extremely careful when it comes to the Indian of uh, kashering, not to rely on people that don't know the halachas. And in fact, the Sefer Hasidim brings down that there should be a Boki Batamut Chochem standing there to make sure he knows the halachas, because there are many, many halachas, what is allowed to be kasher, what is not allowed to be kasher, how to kasher it, you know, what happens if it didn't work. You know, one of the biggest Meksha in the stumbling blocks that I myself have seen over the years and people have called in with these things, is that, you know, they're in a rush, it's Erev Pesach, people are busy, people are rushing, there isn't much time, and they have the, these big containers of water, and they don't allow it to bubble up. And that's a very, very big halacha, that the halacha is, in order to kasha something, and we'll talk about the details in a minute, is that it has to be done in a way that it, the water is bubbling. If the water is not bubbling, actual real bubbles, that's not real kashering and it doesn't work. So that's one of the most important things a person has to be careful, apart from the fact of chatzitzas and things of the kli to make sure it's totally clean and clear from anything that's you know could be that uh, a separation or a chatzitza. Then obviously that's that's an obvious one. But the water bubbling is a very important thing um, to make sure of. Now the general halacha is we pask in kabbalah kachpoltoi. The way it goes in is the way it goes out. And again, we could spend hours on this, but just to give you a rough idea, the way it goes in is the way it goes out, which means something that became osa through a liquid, the way it comes out is through a liquid. Something that came osa through heat is the way it comes out is through heat. So as an example. A spoon or a ladle, for example, or a pot, that the way it became also was through liquid, because you're cooking liquids and things in there. The way to kasher it is through liquid, it's through hagala. Whereas something that became also through heat, through fire, whether it's a barbecue or whether it's a skewer that you use on a barbecue, whether it's an oven. So these things have to be kashered through heat in that case. Now, not everything is kasherable. Not all materials are kasherable, right? It's, it's a very, one halacha that are, people are not aware of is, for example, things that are going to break if you put them in hot water or in the fire with intense heat is actually also to kash them even if you will make sure that it doesn't break. 
Well, the reason for that is, says the Morgan of Arm and Simon Tofnolalov, is that we're worried that you won't do it properly. Because you're worried that it will smash, it will crack, it will break, we're worried you're not going to do it properly. So, for example, if you have a very thin glass, that you're worried that if you stick it in boiling hot water, it's going to crack. So, such a thing you cannot kasha. Simply because they were worried that maybe you're not going to kasha it in, in the proper way. Because... Um, they were worried that uh, it's not going to be it's not going to be kashered properly. Now the general uh, that's one halacha. Materials as well. Again, it's not shy for us to go through all the materials, but the general materials of metal and these things are all kasherable. Stone as well. Very hard to find real stone on a shayish on a counter, but theoretically, if it's totally real, pure stone, not stuck together with glue, so then um, that will have a din of metal, and therefore you can kasher it without any problem whatsoever. Wood. Although people don't know this, but it's a Gemara and Psachim, Shulchanach and Tafnon Aleph, as well as Sivches, that wood is kasherable. Bone is also real bone, not bone china. Bone china, by the way, just has uh, crushed bone in it. But talking about real bone, I can know, someone once called me from a, um, from a, uh, he was in some kind of, I don't know, some kind of, uh, fair for business or whatever. He wanted to buy bone ladles. So I obviously came from, you know, non-kosher animals. So I said, there's no problem with that. You could do a goal on that. That doesn't even need kashas anyway because it's not included in the Issa. But I'll upon him. Or skin, theoretically. Cheres. Cheres is obviously talking about china, porcelain, ceramics. All of these things generally cannot be kashered in such a way. Teflon is a big shyla. Uh, according to many, it's a din of plastic. Uh, and I kashramati for many gedolei poskim that you cannot kash on such a thing like plastic. Rav Moshe is a tshuva. Rav Moshe writes, we don't even know what plastic is. So during the year he said maybe you can get away with it, but like for Basav Cholov, but for um, for for Pesach he says lemaisa you should not kash it in that way. Enamel. Uh, chemically enamel really is metal um, it's a very thin layer of metal so um, it's metallic pink basically so uh, there's no reason that Haggala will not help so theoretically if you have something enamel it will be okay glass dealing obviously with glass that does not break because glass that will is not Nagea glass right, theoretically is cashable um, but the most many places can you shouldn't in the meaning of Ashkenazim according to Ramaz not to cash a plastic uh, Pyrex Duralex Corel Corningware all of these things generally according to Moshe we do not uh, cash again Hefson Rube is a different Shaila ask a different Shaila if that's Nagea rubber is included in plastic obviously and again it shouldn't be shouldn't be cashed in that way Corel, as you said, I think is included in that way as well. And as well. Again, there, there are many, many different materials. I've just given you a rough idea of some of the materials that are around. But obviously, if a person has a specific shyla, send me an email and we'll go through it over there. So that is the basic idea over there, which leads us to the kitchen. Which leads us to the kitchen. I'm going to get through some of the main things. Uh, leads us to the kitchen, discussing the kitchen about what needs to be cushioned. Again, this year we're dealing with people who, you know, have never made Pesach before and they're making it for the very first time and it's very, very, as, you know, as many men have told me, beshame their wives. It, it, it's hard. It's, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. What do I have to do? So I'm going to try to, again, we're going to speak very, very bikitsa. I may miss out things and I may not speak out things in major detail. This is a crash course. I have given Shurim in previous years in going into many, many, many different details. Some of them are probably on Torah anytime. You can check them over there or maybe on my app, uh, which you can download for free, which have many, many shurim on there as well. It's got my name, it's the app, it's free on Apple and Android. But I'll go upon him, just to go through some of the very, very small things. Let's start with counters. When it comes to counters, so most of our counters, unless it's pure stone, cannot be cushioned unless you've got metal. And therefore, if that's the case, the minig is to cover it. Um, some people have a minig to cover it twice. And the reason for that is because we have our locha ramah in your Adair Simon Sali base that says, Kli Balei Mekli, Ain Kli Balei Mekli 
That means if you have a liquid that goes in between two kalim, it transfers the taste, transfers the bleas. If that's the case, we're worried that if on Pesach you cover it once and it gets wet and it seeps through, that's going to go and get, it's going to, you know, take out some of the Pesach, some of the Chomets bleas that could be in your counter, and therefore it's problematic, which is why most people have a minute go kashrut twice, which means you don't really have to kashrut your counter. All you have to do is kashrut it with two thick, proper, good um, um, layers, and therefore you're okay, obviously making sure on Pesach that none of them get ripped in any way, and therefore you're okay. Some people even uh, cover the backsplash, which is on the back of the counter, of the wall, so to speak, because again, it's very, very common that conchomets can, can spritz over there when you're making the pasta, or when you're making who knows what, and therefore that's problematic as well. We don't want anything to touch that on Pesach. So some people go all the way up uh, as much as anything could spritz. They go with that as well in that case. Um, when it comes to sinks, as I mentioned, when we went through the materials, most of our sinks, unless you have a metal sink, is not kasherable. So if you have a metal sink, it's very simple. You clean it well, make sure it's totally dry. 24 hours you haven't used it um, um, from hot food. And uh, you would just kasher it by taking a boiling hot kettle. That's the most easiest, simplest way. There are other ways, of course, ever malubin. But the easiest way is taking a boiling kettle as it's boiling just pour it over every surface making sure that every surface is touched by the actual um, uh, liquid itself that's coming out of the of the kettle, not that the it's just pouring everywhere and hopefully it reaches everywhere. You know, may have to fill the kettle two or three or four even times as well, drying it between each one, making sure that every single time you pour, it goes on every single place. Pour some bleach down the sink um, drain to make sure that any chomets that could be stuck there is no longer edible in case it sometimes does get blocked on Pesach and can come up. But for the most of us that do not have metal sinks, very simple, just best thing is to either cover it or buy yourself a sink insert, stick it inside and you're good to go, making sure obviously that the drain is clear, pour some bleach down it to make sure it doesn't come up on Pesach. Gas hobs. So gas hobs, again, you could cash them for Pesach. It is possible. The best thing is to do is really to cover it well in that case. And therefore, obviously, you could use them in that case as well. And the same thing applies to electric hobs as well. Give them a good clean. And, and therefore you're probably going to be okay. The best thing is give it two, three layers on the surface over, over there. And then you're going to be okay in that way. Now, when it comes to, uh, for example, a dishwasher, dishwasher generally cannot be cashed with Pesach. We're not going into all the details. A lot of it is made from plastic, especially the racks, and therefore it cannot be done in that way. A uh, drain is a person that has a drain, for example, over a sink or next to a sink. If you clean it well, then you should be okay to use that. Hot plates, you don't have to buy, I've had many questions for that, do you have to buy new hot plates? No, you do not have to buy new hot plates. What you could do it, there are two ways of doing it, you could switch it on, and when it's really, really hot, you pour boiling hot water from a kettle over it, obviously making sure that the electrical wires are protected, I've done this myself, nothing really happens, uh, but all, all you could do is just cover it with two or three layers of very, very thick foil, and therefore you're okay in that case. Microwave ovens generally cannot be cashed for Pesach. Ovens is a major shyla, I don't want to go too much into detail, there's a major machrikas a if a person is allowed to kasha his regular oven, I'm talking about a regular normal electric uh, heat oven, some posts can hold you can, because how it went in, it went out, and therefore you just have to kasha it normally. And the uh, the suggestion for someone that does that is to try cover things inside the oven, just in case, because there are certain things you can't get to, like between the two layers of the glass, and therefore we don't want to have problems. Some people even cover the door in that case. But um, there are posts from the hold you are allowed to do that. Some are more machma when it comes to Pesach, not to kasha your oven. Again, a person should ask because his rov, because everyone has a different psak in this way. A pyrolytic oven, which is self-cleaning, goes up to 900 degrees, so 
that obviously can be kasha of a Pesach, that's Libun Chomo, and therefore there is no problem that way. A kettle, again, many shadows have been coming in about kettles, Shabbos urns, you do not, again, you're welcome to buy new things, and some people use it as an opportunity, it's going a bit shvach, it's leaking, whatever, good, so buy yourself a new one. But halachically, you know, we have Achmonus on Klali Sol's money, and therefore, no, you do not have to cash, you not, you not have to buy a new Shabbos, and you could just cash it by putting it into the sink or on the porch or somewhere, filling it all the way to the top, letting it bubble over. Or if it's not doing a good job, so pour a kettle as it's bubbling inside, so it bubbles and goes all over the side, and therefore, it's okay, cover the plastic, uh, handles and the plastic spout, because those things generally we don't kasha, and therefore you'll be okay in that way. Fridges. So fridges is very simple. You just empty everything, clean it thoroughly, and the minute generally is to cover it with one, you know, one piece of tissue paper or paper in that way. And that's the best thing to do. And when it comes to freezers, it's exactly the same thing. Being more careful, obviously, you have to defrost the freezers and clean them out, and making sure that you make holes in the uh, layers that you cover, making sure that obviously you have the circulation. It's very important. Food processors generally cannot be used and kashered for peso because of the flour and the intricate details they have over there and therefore it's better to put them away and the same thing applies to the bowls and the beaters and everything else it's definitely Kedai just to put those away and as we mentioned last time once you put those away then you will not have a problem with anything because you don't have to clean them in that case because um, you would put them away I'm not sure if we mentioned but I do want to mention if I did not and that is the keyboard of the computer very very important people do eat from there and therefore make sure that you clean that out well shake it out make sure you really clean it in that way some people actually clean it cover it over with a clear plastic that, in other words it's fo- still functionable but it makes sure that you know you don't press it and then all of a sudden a piece of chomets appears from the side of it and you put it into your mouth, which obviously is going to be a problem. Um, the vacuum cleaner and the bloom and the broom. So the the Hoover, the vacuum cleaner, which obviously collects all the dust in its bag, needs to be emptied. It should be emptied no later than the time of beer chomets, the morning of Mer of Pesach. Um, if it comes with a disposable bag, so then obviously you should discard that and replace it before you know on erev Pesach, and that's the case over there. Broom doesn't really retain a kezayis of chomets between the bristles, and therefore doesn't have the same requiring um, requirement. As we said, you don't have to clean out the bristles. Again, many people do get a new broom and they take the old broom and throw it into the fire. Halachically, you don't have to. You give it a good shake and it's fine. Again, many people do have a meaning to get separate brooms. I don't want to get involved in that. Again, when it comes to the kitchen as well, let me reiterate this point. When it comes to covering the counters and covering the, the cupboards, which again, the cupboards of the kitchen just have to be cleaned out very, very well. And the minig is to cover it. When I say the minig, I'm talking about the general minig. Someone that has a minig not to cover it. Someone has a minig to cover it twice. I'm not getting involved. Everyone should obviously go with them in hogim. But I'm talking about the general minig that many people do have. Um... Obviously making sure if you don't replace the broom, not to put it on any surface that you may eat, because it only goes on the floor, you don't eat from the floor, and then you're okay. In that case, I think we did discuss the cleaning of the toys and things over there in that case we've got we've got the fridge we've got the freezer we've got the cabinets um we've got the oven we've got the uh the hot plate we've got those sorts of things uh, i think we've covered again we could go many 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 different situations again when it comes to the bechas so many people use their bechas you know they want to use it for pesach it needs to be kasher which obviously means it needs to be cleaned if there's any rust on it you cannot kasher it but if it's perfectly clean so then you could kasher it yourself basically i'll give you a quick version basically the way to kasher yourself is take your urn or take any pot that's an enu ben even if it's a chomet's kli, it's fine. And you bubble up the water, making sure it's bubbling with tongs or with something, obviously making sure very, very careful you don't burn yourself. Slowly lower 
the, the, the becha or whatever it is that you want to use, even if it's a knife, for example, you want to use your fork and knives, you can cash your metal forks and knives, make sure they're totally, totally, totally clean from anything, haven't been used for hot in the last 24 hours, and then you can go along and you can cash them by dipping them into this bubbling water for, let's say, maybe 5 to 15 seconds. Once you take them out, you put them into cold water immediately, that's the minig, you put them into cold water for reasons that we're not going into now, and you've now just cashed your becha. Now, it's not tvilas kalim. Tvilas kalim, the din is... We know this from Yodeus, is that the entire clear has to be immersed in one shot. When the entire clear is immersed in one shot, that's a din of tefillah. It's like the tefillah of anything else. Whereas over here, it doesn't have to be immersed in one shot. You could do half-half. That is, you could do half the coast, and you could turn it around and do now the other half coast. As long as at one point everything went inside. And you could do that with most of your kalim. Okay, with the exception maybe of a frying pan, because a frying pan generally can't kasha, because it needs fire which is almost impossible because it's going to melt, it's going to ruin it, and therefore we don't do it. And therefore we don't generally cash anything in that way unless you do Libun Chomer, which again, they do this. In the, in the, in the place, I wouldn't suggest doing Libun Chomer at home, you take a blowtorch and you blowtorch whatever it is, you do that, you know, in a public way with people who know what they're doing and who are safe. But if you're talking about doing it in your home, you could cash all your bechas in your home, you could cash all the canium that you want to cash in your home, you don't necessarily have to go out and spend a lot of money and wait online. You could, and long as you make sure, A, that it's totally clean, B, that you use the clear that's an any ben yomim from Chomets, means it hasn't been used in the last 24 hours, and make sure the water is bubbling, you dip it in in a very careful, safe way, you make sure it stays in there for a good 5 to 15 seconds, you take it out, and you put it under cold water straight away, that is now kosher le Pesach, without any problem whatsoever, and in this way you can kasha all your bechas that you want to use, all your silver that you want to use in that way, to making sure that everything is kosher le Pesach, in that way. Making sure, by the way, I want to mention as well, the telephone, you've got to be careful, your mobile phone, the telephone's cordless or not cordless, to make sure, again, these things have a lot of chomets in them, draw handles, be very careful, light switches, especially in cooking areas, just take a damp soapy cloth, and remove all the residue, you don't have to necessarily cover any of these places, uh, chairs and benches, obviously, you're going to be careful that, you know, the, the cracks and crevices. But I just want to add as well that any crack or crevice in your, in your, in your, you know, couch, I think we mentioned this last time, but especially in your dining room or kitchen chairs, if it's inaccessible, inaccessible, you do not have to remove them. It's fine. You don't have to worry whatsoever, especially if they're disgusting and all moldy. That's no problem whatsoever. You know, people that cover their, you know, their uh, things with their joints and crevices with their, with some kinds of tape. Again, these are minhogim. You don't have to do these things in any way, shape, or form. I think I did miss out when it comes to the taps, the faucet of a sink. So if it's metal, so you just have to pour boiling hot water over it from a boiling, bubbling kettle as it's bubbling, and therefore it's 100% kosher le Pesach, and therefore, okay, if it's metal. The problem is um, that, uh, number one, it's hard to do, and number two, people don't even have metal at once, and number three, most of our taps, especially in our kitchens, are a little bit more sophisticated than a simple, uh, you know, uh, tube of metal like the olden ones they've got sometimes two or three layers and that allows the hot water not to come through in that case those ones for details that we're not going to go into the best thing is to, to cover it with foil with silver foil aluminum foil that's the best thing uh, the high chat I am jumping a little bit again it's a crush course so we're trying to squeeze in as much as we possibly can a high chair, also very, very important. A car seat, a playpen. Obviously, all of these things that have a very high volume of chomets, making sure that you cover it and, and clean it um, in that way before using it. 
the garbage can as well needs to be cleaned because often it has chomets particles as well that can be stuck underneath the bag and therefore you've got to make sure in that case. Okay, we've pretty much gone through most of the ideas of uh, kashering and how they apply in your kitchen. Again, there are many, many more things I've missed out a lot. I've gone very, very quickly and I've tried to get through the main things. What I want to continue discussing, but as I said, next time is talking about, and we've still got a lot listed thing, I'll talk about products on Pesach, what needs to be kosher, what doesn't when it comes to perfume, toothpaste, and everything else, soaps, and I also want to get to the actual Badikas Chomets we do on Erev Pesach. Uh, we want to talk also about the selling, the Mechiras Chomets as well, uh, other things as well, but as is Hashem we're going to get to. Maybe we'll even get time to talk about the actual Mitzvah Sayyim on Seder night as well. Have a wonderful, pleasant, healthy, and safe day.